Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today, and I want to let you know that I am delighted to have the opportunity to preach, and uh, I'm delighted to uh, be able to uh, say goodbye to, uh, to a good number of people this next uh, week or so. Uh, Monica's actually leaving town tomorrow, and I will be here one more week, and then the movers come, and we're off. But you know, I have uh, many uh, wonderful memories here in Centralia, and we've had the opportunity to know many wonderful people, and uh, it's, uh, I'm grateful there's even some in the crowd that I baptized 15 years ago that are here this morning. And so many of the people that I've been able to touch with the gospel in this community uh, and all the people that I've come to know will certainly uh, stay in my heart as I move on. Uh, from this area and begin a new chapter in my life. And I want you to know that I am grateful for this season that I've had here at Temple. I believe that I've been able to meet a need for this church, and likewise the church has met a need in my life and in Monica's life. You know, this is, 2020 has been a strange year, hasn't it? Unlike any other year that I've experienced in my lifetime, and I'm sure that we could all, all of you could say the same, and you know, I don't know about you, but uh, COVID-19 has given me a greater appreciation for things I used to take for granted. For example, disinfection wipes. <laughs> you know, a couple months ago, I tried five stores to buy them and they were all out. And I never will forget one morning I was in Walmart and I saw one of the guys working there and he was using those wipes on some, on some shelves and he had a, a few in a box and I went up there, I was all excited, you know, are, are those for sale? And he said, well, we don't have any on the shelves, but you can take one of these. So I did. And I felt like I was walking around with some great treasure. Now, is that weird or what? A lot of things are different in life uh, right now. By the way, uh, our pastor mentioned that our uh, boat is in Virginia, but let me tell you the rest of the story. Uh, last Saturday, Monica and I were supposed to go on the lake and take the boat out. That was our plan, and, and then things changed. And uh, won't get into detail, but what it amounted to was that Saturday we were supposed to go in the boat, Monica ended up taking the boat halfway to Virginia and meeting our son. So he was going to take the boat then the rest of the way back to where he lives. But things didn't go according to plan. And while on the interstate, one of the tires blew out on the boat trailer. And so Monica's waiting for uh, the repair, repair crew to come. 
and she goes and sits out on the boat, and that's where she waited. And so she sends me a text and, uh, and, and showed me a picture of the boat, and she says, I'm pretending I'm on the lake with all the traffic rushing by, you know. And I, I sent her back a text that said, and you're, you're taking in some sun. And, and uh, she responded, yes, you know me too well. But I appreciate the fact that she made the best of a bad situation. And today we're going to talk about setbacks. Now, sometimes we create our own problems, don't we? You know, I did something really stupid a few months ago. How many have ever done anything stupid in your life? Yeah. Well, I, we were remodeling a bathroom, and I was hiring a guy by the hour to do some of the work. And I thought I would do what I could to save some money. And we had to swap out a toilet, so I thought, you know, I'm going to take the old toilet out, and he won't have to worry about that, and save me a few dollars was my thinking. You know, my skills are kind of limited when it comes to plumbing, but I thought, you know, I can handle this. This is not rocket science. I can do this. But, you know, as I was pulling on the toilet, it, it, it was, there was some resistance there. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to give it one more good tug and we'll be good to go. So I did that, and it pulled out, and then all of a sudden I heard water rushing in the basement. So I ran down and turned off the water. It was a mess. Would you believe I forgot to unhook the water line to the toilet? And I had nobody to blame but myself. I think we could definitely call that a setback. You know, one of the lessons I've learned in life long ago is things don't always go according to plan, and we've all experienced that a lot lately. And, and a setback may be as, as, as simple as frustration from road construction. We've all been there at one time or another. But sometimes it may be something huge that completely turns our world upside down. And I think that we would all agree that COVID-19 has certainly been a major setback. In fact, it's probably the biggest event that has impacted the planet since World War II. And the extent of that impact is yet to be determined. This whole thing has been a setback for our church and every church. You know, we weren't able to meet for several months. And even now, the attendance is, is not anywhere near where it was before all this came up. And I realize some people are still at home watching online, and, and that's fine. They're still being apart, but they're not here. We can't see them. And many of the ministries that we were doing have been shut down. And it's going to take a while to kind of get all the momentum going and get things back in place the way they were because we've experienced a significant setback. So I invite you to take your Bible, if you have them with you, or one on, on your phone, whichever, and, and, and turn to Romans uh, chapter 8 to a very familiar passage of Scripture to most of you. And, and we're going we're gonna to see what the Bible has to say about setbacks. So uh, listen carefully as I read our text. Romans 8, 28. And this is a verse, by the way, that's really been a special verse to me uh, since I was a teenager. It says, we know that all things work together for the good 
of those who love God, who were called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I think back 17 months ago, my wife nearly died. A major setback, to say the least. Eight months later, she lost her job. Another setback. Eight months after that, her brother died. We've experienced in our household a series of setbacks. And sooner or later, the reality is we all have to deal with something. And church, hear this. Do not misunderstand. Nowhere does the Bible teach that Christians are exempt from problems and disappointments. We are non-immune to suffering. Christians have to face the same heartaches that unbelievers deal with. However, here's the good news. God offers us the tools to be able to cope with setbacks in a healthy way. And I want to remind you, church, that setbacks need not rob us of our joy. But it's up to us. Not long ago, Pastor Ronnie stood up here, and he reminded us that when trouble comes our way, we choose either a breakthrough or a breakdown. Now, we may not be able to avoid setbacks, but how we handle them is a decision that we can make. And we can allow setbacks to either paralyze us or strengthen us. And here in Romans, the Apostle Paul offers us some insight as to how we might be able to embrace the right perspective. And there are several things that we need to keep in mind. See, Paul was absolutely convinced that God uses the bad things. I want you to listen to verse 28 again from a, a translation called The Message. We can be sure of every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Now be careful here. It does not say that everything that happens to us is good. However, a setback does not mean that God has turned his back on us. He's very much involved in ultimately bringing about a positive outcome from what may seem bad at the moment. Things don't just work out. God works out things. Now, keep in mind that Paul was in prison when he wrote much of the New Testament. Yet God used his experiences for his glory. The story is told of a father whose son was killed in a terrible car accident and he was very angry about this and really having a hard time dealing with it and he, he went and he talked to his pastor about the matter and, and he asked the, asked the pastor the question, where was God when my son died? 
The pastor thought about it a moment and said the same place he was when his son died. You see, just because God's presence is not obvious does not mean he's left town. And just because we cannot see a purpose for our problems does not mean that there isn't one. I want to remind you, church, that God is always up to something. And when setbacks come, don't live in fear, but live in faith. Paul also reminds us that good things will come. Now, there's no specific timetable here. There's nothing here that suggests that the good will come quickly. We got to have some patience. We enjoy that, don't we? We enjoy waiting, don't we? Yeah. You may wonder, well, what good can come out of COVID-19? Well, I learned how to cut my hair myself for the first time in my life. Sort of. Gas prices dropped. Did you notice that? How many received a stimulus check in the mail? Yeah, that's a good thing, isn't it? Lots of people have learned how to use Zoom. We'll likely see some new medical advances. You see, yesterday's emergency innovation tends to become tomorrow's standard practice. So it's going to be interesting to see what evolves as a result of this in, in a good way. We can be grateful for many things. However, you need to understand what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he used the word good. When we think of good, we tend to think of health and wealth and sunny days. Good in this case doesn't necessarily mean that if you lose your job, God is going to provide you a better one. Now that might happen, and praise God if it does, but we've got to take a look at the context of this passage here. We need to be careful that we don't read more into this than Paul attended originally. The good is not necessarily better life circumstances, but it does mean a better life. The good here, the goal pertains, if you read all of the verse, or the verse following the, the original verse, it pertains to being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, setbacks can be good. Setbacks can, has a way of getting our attention. Setbacks has a way of exposing our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities. Do you realize that we're usually more teachable when we're under pressure? And God can use that. God uses setbacks to strip away some of the ugly stuff inside us. God can use setbacks maybe to point us in a new direction, in a new ministry. God uses all of our experiences to help us grow in Jesus Christ. That, that's the main piece. That is one of the main takeaways I want you to walk out of here with today. At the end of his third missionary journey, Paul could see how the Lord had been orchestrating various circumstances of his life and how different experiences that he had, even bad ones, uh, helped to shape his spiritual maturity and listen to what he wrote to the church in Philippi uh, Philippians uh, chapter 1 verse 12 
It says, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel. And where was Paul when he wrote that? In prison. That's exactly right. How many of you uh, are ready to sign up for a prison sentence so the gospel might be uh, furthered? How many would love to do that? I don't see any volunteers. But God can use even something like that. Some of you may know Johnny Erickson Tata. If anybody understands setbacks, it's Johnny. I remember when I was probably a teenager or a young adult, I don't remember exactly, I saw a movie about her life that uh, left a lasting uh, impression on me. Uh, she's 70 now, but when she was a teenager, she was in a diving accident and has been in a wheelchair ever since. She cannot use her arms, she cannot use her legs. Johnny's life has been a struggle now for many decades. And it would have been real easy for her long ago to give up and live in a perpetual pity party. But that's not her, how her story unfolded. You see, her faith sustained her, and she's been able to make uh, good of a tough situation. She has lived a, a very productive life, if you know anything about her life. Did you know that she learned to paint with her mouth? Did you, did you know that she's written 25 Christian books? She's a gifted vocalist, a radio host. She's a conference speaker. She is a strong advocate in a public way for Americans with disability. Plus, she's been awarded numerous honorary degrees. As Johnny reflected upon her own life-changing setback, as part of her own testimony, she's realized that all things have fit together for her good and God's glory. Her wheelchair actually served to strengthen her faith. And she's convinced that her accident brought about improvements in her character and made her more sensitive to people who were struggling, people who were hurting. Now what about you? What about your setbacks? How they impacted your life? How they shaped your life? If your setbacks cause you to become more Christ-like, that is a good thing. And nobody can take it away from you. Your wealth may disappear, your health might fail, your friends might desert you, but you always have your character and your faith will always be a part of you, and faith is what fuels hope. As I was preparing this message, I had some flashbacks to an experience that I had four years ago. I'd been pastoring a church here in the community for over 11 years, and we'd kind of gotten into a rough patch. The church was in a slump. And I was incredibly frustrated because I didn't know how to fix it. And I felt like people had expectations of me that I couldn't meet. And I knew something had to change. But I couldn't, had a hard time getting a handle on what that was going to look like. 
That year, the Southern Baptist Convention was in St. Louis, and I was looking forward to attending. And I, I remember I, I was sitting in the, in the crowd and so forth, and, and an idea hit me, and, and I, I left the room, and I had to think, and Monica and I had a conversation later, and I believed that God had put uh, some, a burden on my heart, an idea, a plan that, that might help the cause, kind of a radical idea but I felt like it was something that I needed to pursue. And I had some uh, serious conversation with some very credible, uh, knowledgeable people about the dynamics of church life. And one of them was the executive director of the St. Louis Baptist Association. And he was very sympathetic to me and uh, what I was trying to work through and invested a good amount of time uh, helping me uh, think through this plan that I ultimately presented to the deacons, and it did not go over well. We talked about it, and they just didn't get it, and agreed that we would have another meeting next time and talk about it some more. So we met again, and much to my surprise, they requested my resignation. And they told me in that meeting, we're not going to say anything bad about you, we just need a change. Well, I knew a change was needed, but that's not exactly the change I had in mind. I'd hoped for another plan. I'd hoped for a different result. And that was a hard blow to take. And it was certainly a low point in my life. But now that some time has passed, looking back, I can tell you that God worked some good out of that setback in my life. And I'm grateful for Temple and using Temple as an opportunity for me to heal these last few years. Now there's one other thing I want to tell you. You see, the best things are yet to come. Let's go back to Romans 8. Uh, I, I want to look at verse 18. It says, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with this, with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. You know, it's easy to be consumed with the hard stuff that we're dealing with at the moment, but we've got to get our head out of the sand and consider the big picture here. You see... The big picture includes not only this life, but the life to come. And as believers, uh, as most of you all know, our final destination is heaven, is it not? Isn't that why Paul could say with confidence here, for me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Now that thought goes counterculture, doesn't it? A lot of people in the world don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to them. It goes right over their head. But there's an important biblical principle that we need to have grained in our mind and ingrained in our heart because it influences how we think, how we approach our whole perspective on life. And we may grieve about the things that we might leave behind, but the Bible teaches there's a much better existence that awaits us. And that's why the psalmist could say, precious 
precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. You know, I, I was thinking about Pastor Lee. He was teaching on Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago. And he made the comment that someday people are going to walk up to the casket and see his body there and look at each other and say, doesn't he look good? But he said, and I'm quoting here, I'm not really there. Because he knows, as every believer should know, that the best is yet to come. Now, church, I got more questions than I got answers as to all the detail of what heaven is going to be like. But I do know this, God will take care of us and we'll not be disappointed. That's really all we need to know. Heaven will be a place of incredible joy, unfading glory, and unending pleasure. In heaven, we will experience undistracted worship of our Lord. And I have a hunch we won't really be concerned about the style of music that we sing when we get to heaven. I'm confident that will be a non-issue when we get there. And, and we will experience the presence of the Lord like we've never experienced before. And knowing that can help us to cope with the heartaches that we experience right now. And remember, whatever you're going through, and I'm sure we could go around the room and share setbacks that we've experienced maybe even in the last three months and could compile a pretty long list. But keep in mind that whatever it is, it's all temporary. It will pass one way or the other. Now, there's one other thing that you need to know. The promise of God that we talked about here does not apply to everybody. You need to understand that it's only for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's not a blank check for the entire world. There is a catch to many of the promises in the Bible. And basically what it says, if we do our part, God will do his part. Now, I suspect that Romans 8.28 is one of the most popular verses in the New Testament. But we got to be careful that we don't forget about the last part. You see, if we're going to reap the benefits of this truth, we have got to be faithful to the Lord. We've got to love him. We've got to seek his will. Hey, and if you've got a beef with God, forget about all the, the good that can emerge from it. If you blatantly reject God's will, God's promise is null and void. If you want to claim the blessing here, you've got to be obedient to God's word and trust the Lord with the circumstances of your life. Now, let me challenge you to retrace the steps in your journey of life and we all have a journey of one sort or the other and and think about your setbacks and for those of you that have a few decades or more behind you you could probably come up with quite a few and and if you're not aware of any uh, good that came out of any of your setbacks maybe you're missing something maybe you need to take another look Maybe you've not fulfilled the condition here. You see, all too often we allow our lousy attitudes to rob us of God's blessings. And then we blame everybody but ourselves. We've got to look within. Charles Stanley once said, 
we are either in the process of resisting God's truth or in the process of being shaped by his truth. Which is it for you? Now, I want you to imagine that you're one of the disciples. You experienced time with Jesus. You got to know him on a personal basis. And, and you're witnessing him die on the cross. And though all of the disciples were given a heads up, they didn't get it. They didn't cr- completely grasp it all. And, and so from your perspective, his death on the cross would have been considered a major setback, would it not? That's how they viewed it. But I want to remind you, church, that things are not always as they seem, are they? And at the moment that Jesus died, he instantly paid the price for the sins of countless men and women who lived in that day and who live in our day as well. And obviously, looking from our vantage point, we know that great good came out of a horrible experience. And not only did he meet a deed for all of mankind, but you know the rest of the story, don't you? He came back to life three days later. Church, I can tell you from personal experience that God does bring good from the junk that we go through. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. And maybe you're struggling with some setback that you're dealing with right this very moment. And it may be that you're out there thinking, you know, I didn't know you knew what I was dealing with. You may be thinking I designed this message specifically for you, but, but I trust that's not the case. Maybe you need some help. Maybe you need some prayer. And I want to invite you in a moment as we prepare for a final song. You're invited to come. Myself and some of the staff will be up here. And I want you to come and seek prayer. If you have a spiritual issue, maybe you're not yet a believer. Maybe you're here and, and maybe you've been to church, you have the knowledge up in your head, but you've never made a commitment to trust Christ as your Savior. You really need to get that resolved before you walk out that door today. But any of us up here will be happy to give you more detail. Would you prayerfully... As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.